I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ramdas's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ramdas, Krishnadas, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more. The Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. everyone. This is Chris Grasso with the Indie Spirituals podcast on the Be Here Now Network. My guest today is Maria Felipe. Maria, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you. Um, I just want to read your bio quickly to introduce you to the audience, and then we're going to jump into a conversation regarding a very exciting book you have, A Course in Miracles, and wherever else uh, this conversation takes us. So uh, Maria Felipe is the author of Live Your Happy, a Cuban-American born in Miami. She is five foot nine, with a towering personality to match. After experiencing success as a model and actress, including hosting World Res- excuse me, Wrestling Federation TV shows, she felt called inward and studied to become a reverend at Pathways of Light, an accredited religious school inspired by A Course in Miracles. She leads monthly services in both Spanish and English at Unity Church in Burbank, California. Visit her online at www.mariafelipe.org. For those listening, you can just scroll down on the Be Here Now Network, and that link will be there. Uh, but the spelling, M-A-R-I-A-F-E-L-I-P-E dot org. And Maria, I apologize. I should have asked before we started. Is Felipe the correct pronunciation of your last name? Yes, I'm impressed. Okay. Good. People <laughs> usually totally butcher my last name, and it's to the point where I don't even care about it. But... Um, I just realized I forgot that. So, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm glad I got it correct. Yeah, it sounds like you're a Latino. You're <laughs> a Latino. <laughs> I'm not, but I will take that credit. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, Maria, part of the reason I'm so excited to have you on, one, I really enjoyed your book, uh, Live Your Happy, Get Out of Your Own Way and Find the Love Within, which was published by one of my favorite um, publishing houses, New World Library. Absolutely love their work. But I realized as I was uh, getting ready for the call today that I've actually been a, a student of the course myself for, you know, probably 15 years or so now. Um, and like many good course students, you know, I come and go, come and go. You know, the, the blue book calls to me at certain points and then I walk away and then it comes back. Um, but I 
have not yet had any course-related guests on my show. Um, I've done interviews in the past with like Gary Renard and Cindy Renard, but that was for my website. So you're actually the first podcast guest I've had where I get to talk about A Course in Miracles. So I'm super excited about that. And that being said, if you're up for it, um, since I've never really talked about the course on this podcast, I would love for you, if you don't mind being a teacher of the course, uh, to give an introduction to essentially what A Course in Miracles is for those unfamiliar with it. Certainly. Well, first, I'm honored to be able to be the first guest speaking on your podcast um, in regards to the Course in Miracles, um, just because it's such a helpful teaching. Absolutely. Um, And it's been so helpful to me in my life and um, the principles of the course and the insights that it has and the way that it helps you with its principles, if if you practice them, um, you truly experience so much peace and happiness. Mm. Um, What I love about the course um, and... Basically, it was published in 1976. Before then, for 10 years, it was in the process. You know, before before that, it was it took 10 years to get it published, basically, through right. Foundation for Inner Peace. And um, supposedly, the book um, is, is channeled through Jesus, through this um, amazing woman. Her name is Helen Shuckman, and, and then Bill Thedford helped her. Um, this all took place in New York. And... Um, but not to get so much into the history of it, but to the core of its teachings yeah. is that, and a lot of people are like, yeah, Jesus, Jesus wrote that. Yeah, right. Or, <laughs> or Jesus channeled that. Yeah, right. For me, it doesn't matter, you know, if that's right. true or not. Um, I think so. Um, but for me, it's more of the teachings. I've applied them to my life and they've made a difference. So that's what matters to me. Yeah. So if, if you're not Christian or if you're not religious, it's okay um, it's still a path that, that you can follow, um, and just change the words up a little bit, you know? So the course, the course has, um, basically says a few things. And this is the first thing that, that kind of turned me on to the teachings. Um, I went to a workshop back in 2001 at a unity church in Miami. Now unity churches tend to have course of miracles groups in them. Um, just because they're more open-minded churches. Right. And I remember um, reading in 2001 Marion Williamson's book, Return to Love, which is based on the Course. And she kept on saying this blue book, this blue book. And I'm like, what is this Jewish lady talking about? Hmm. This blue book, you know? And I ended up um, in two, then in, that was in 1995, 1995 that I found her book. And then in 2001, I went to a workshop for the Course of Miracles. And these are the principles that stood out for me that I was like, wow. The guy gets up, this little chubby guy (laughs) gets up and he starts writing on this board and says, the Course of Miracles, basically what it's saying is that you're wholly responsible for your experiences, how you perceive things. You forgive people for what they didn't do. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) You're not a victim of the world that you see. This is a world of duality of which you have within your mind two teachers, ego or Holy Spirit, that would be fear or love. And depending what teacher you're choosing to decide with and experience this world with, you're either going to go straight to heaven or go straight to hell. It's not somewhere you go to in an afterlife. It's right here, right now. Right. So when I heard those principles, I was like, I was like, what is this? This is crazy. And I didn't get it actually, because it was so opposite of my thinking. Right, right. But even though I didn't understand 
I still knew that it would be my calling and it would be something not necessarily that I would teach at that time, but something that I would practice and that I would be part of. Mm-hmm. And, and I continue to study the course all my life till right now. And, and yeah, so that's, that's basically what it is. What I love about the course the most is that you have the opportunity to choose your experience, to perceive the, the, like, the, what's going on in form. You have the opportunity to choose how you're going to experience that. So the shit could be hitting the fan, you know. <laughs> Things could be happening in form. You have all these problems, although you have these tools of where you get to to see and experience them through joy or through pain. And I love that because every day you wake up in the morning, you don't have to be a victim of the circumstances in your life, regardless how horrible they are. Another thing that the course is really an inside thing. It's really you work a lot within, um, not so much without, not that you don't enjoy beautiful things, not that you don't, you know, still want the nice house or the car, etc. Although what I love about the course is that what it's saying, and this is what I say a lot too, is that you have everything right now and you lack nothing. Yeah. And that there isn't anything outside of you, you that could fulfill you. Right. Um, and that's what I love too because this is such a, ego run world of where you're constantly pushed to create especially on social media you know i'm sure you could relate to this you know oh you you know um how many likes do you have how many followers do you like what program do you have now what money it's like it's crazy so what i what i love about the course that it's bringing you back within and and taking your attention away from form and it talks about how it's not about the behavior it's not about your behavior. It's about your mind, how you are changing your mind, your thoughts. So what I love is that when you practice the course, you start to look at your thoughts. <clears throat> and I talk about it in my book. They're called ego tricks. Right. You start to see how the ego tricks you. And then you can choose again. You could choose love again. You could choose the Holy Spirit voice, which is a voice of love. And then you're free. Yeah. And then you're happy. And then you're truly happy. It's not like cheerleader happiness that you're happy because you got the apartment or the car, you know? Right. Well, that's yeah. a wonderful introduction to it. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. It certainly resonated with me. Um, I think my introduction, if I remember correctly, was one of the early, if not the first spiritual, quote unquote, you know, official spiritual teachers I was turned on to was Eckhart Tolle in the power of now many, many, many years ago. And, you know, he talks uh, quite a bit about the influence a course had on him. And so I went out and got a copy and it was completely over my head, you know, as it is for many people. What I did appreciate. Like it was like, like it was me too when I first heard it. It was like, woo. Yeah, because you know? it is yeah. completely counterintuitive <laughs> to the way the majority of us are, have been conditioned to think. Um, what I did do remember loving about it was that in the very beginning, this channeled voice, regardless of whether it was Jesus or whomever, you know, does say the course is but one of many paths. You know, it does not claim to be the only way. And my personality um, being deeply rooted in punk rock kind of music is a question everything like, you know, especially channeled material that always my radar goes up. 
But the more you read or the more I read that book, it's like there is no way that this came from an actual human being, though. Yes, Helen was the one who channeled it. I also very much appreciated that she did not want her name on the book as the author. And also that she would say that even though she knew it was true, she still didn't believe it. And I found that very interesting. That for me helped me find more authenticity in it. And then very, or I'm very grateful to Gary Renard and Kenneth Wapnick, um, who, you know, obviously we, we lost uh, a few years back, but it was thanks to them in reading their work that I then could return back to the course, which um, I should also mention is actually three books in one um, and started to make more sense. Uh, so I really appreciated their work. And now, you know, we have teachers, you mentioned Marianne and of course yourself and Gerald Jamblowski. And, you know, there's just a whole bunch of uh, wonderful course teachers out there that are presenting this material in a way that is accessible for um, basically anyone who's interested in it. Um, and to me, it's just a wonderful non-dual book. Um, you know, you could read that. You could read Adyashanti. You could read Ramana Maharshi. But they all have their core similarities, and I love that. So, that thank you again for sharing your introduction to it, and that's a little bit about my own. And um, and I love that we're here together because, as the course would say, you know, things happen when they're supposed to happen. You know, two people come together. There you are. Um, I love that. So. Let's dive into your book, Live Your Happy. You know, that's the title. What what is what does that mean? Live your happy. <laughs> well, I'm happy to start it with the with the course first because, you know, in, in truth my book would have been called Live a Course of Miracles. Mm -hmm. It's just that's played out. So it's called sure. Live Your Happy. And the reason the reason is is um my struggles with 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 the course, my struggles with being on a spiritual path. Um, my struggles with um, looking constantly outside because I wasn't happy. Um, it was basically I had self-help desperation, you know, like m many of us, you know, just buying all these self-help books and going to workshops. And so I, I was wondering, what is it within me that I've done so many things? I've read all these books, you know, Eckhart Tolle, one of them. He's one of my favorite teachers. Sure. Um, and at that time when I read the power of now, I was like, this is weird, you know, and now I probably, and now I understand it, but at the time it was just hard. Sure. Um, and I read, you know, I would read Maria Shriver. I would watch Oprah. I would go to workshops and I was still a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I was still a hot mess. And I was like, what is going on here? It yeah. was, it was just a constant struggle, even studying the Course of Miracles, because the Course of Miracles is a self-study program, so you could study at home, but I was actually going to a group. I would right. go to a group every Monday, and I went there for years, and I would go to Unity Church on Sundays, and I was still a hot mess, and on Mondays, I would feel good, like Sunday, I would feel good, and then Monday, I would feel okay, and then Tuesday, it was done, like my happiness is gone, yeah. so it wasn't consistent. And the course talks about that. It says that our, we're too okay with mind wandering. Um, we have no constancy and no consistency. So everything's like up and down. Um, our mood, our feelings, right? Um, so when I wrote Live Your Happy, what it is is, is basically the key for me was to live the principles of the course. Live the principles of my spiritual practice. Not just read them. Not just kumbaya for five minutes. Okay. Right, right. It was it was to incorporate them in my life. That means live 
that. So what is live your happy? Live your happy is forgiving even if you don't want to, taking responsibility even if you don't want to, right? Um, being clear about your mind and, and what who's running the show in your mind and being very disciplined with that because right. the mind has no discipline. So live your happy is coming from that space of my frustration, my frustration with not understanding why my life wasn't working. So when I wrote Live Your Happy, I was like, I, I want this title, but not only this title, but I want this book to, when people read it, it's not intellectual. Right. It's coming, it's in the heart, and it's calling you in from the moment you wake up in the morning to you go to sleep at night to be very present in your life and be responsible and practice Every single day, your spiritual practice. Now, you talked about other teachings, anything. If it's Buddhism, if it's Kundalini, if it's yoga, whatever it is. It's not just that hour. You know, it's you have to bring it into your life experience. Your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing, if anybody could take away from this interview, is you can't compromise the teachings. You can't have any exceptions. Yeah. And that's what I did. I was like, I am love. I'll be on Monday. I'll be like, I am love. The course says I am love. I am the light of the world. And then on, a, on Monday and then on Wednesday, I'll be looking for my love outside of myself. Mm. I'll be looking for a man to complete me. Yeah. I am abundance. I am abundance. And then I'll be, a, I'll be worried about money. Yeah. So there's this inconsistency when we're, when we're in our spiritual practice that, yeah, we say we're spiritual and we want to change. But live your happy comes from that space of, you know, you're going to step into that versus I wanted to change. And I think we all say we want to change, but not really. Sure. Not really, because we really don't want to do the work. Does that make sense? Oh, like, of course it does. <laughs> and the funny thing is the only constant is change, right? You know, it's like we, we fight against it and we would rather be comfortable in our uncomfort because it's familiar. And it's that change that we fear so much, whether whatever area it is in our life. So of course, yeah, that certainly resonates. Now I feel like I feel like that little thing is like that little part. It's like you want to change, you want to, you really, you feel you want to change, but it's not, not really, because you don't really want to go there and fear your feelings. Right. You don't want to really go there and go deep because unconsciously, and it's very subtle, we um we are, we're addicted to suffering. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? poster boy for that right here <laughs> and I, I i've been there i mean you're reading my book with all my stories yes yes and we different <laughs> right different paths but so much similarity and that's what's i love about i was going to say the spiritual path but life in general but i guess you know keeping it under the arc of spirituality you know i've met so many incredible people from completely different walks of life but the one thing that i find more than anything we have in common is that for most of us, we didn't find our way onto the spiritual path, whatever that might look like for us, whether it is Buddhism or the course or Vedanta or like you said, Kundalini, whatever, because life was going amazing for some people. Sure. Maybe that happened, but generally it's this internal yearning, um, you know, or a lack, you know, looking for something more and we turn to spirituality or some people, myself included, turn to unhealthy things like drugs and alcohol or sex or shopping. And you mentioned you know, looking outside of yourself for fulfillment, a relationship, whatever it may be, where the answer is always within ourselves. The comfort, the peace, the joy, it is always residing within us. It's just a matter of 
clearing out. Um, I don't remember how the course words it verbatim, but something about your your job is not to find love, but to remove the barriers um, that stand mm-hmm. in the way of that love that's already there. And Rumi has said something, uh, the Sufi mystic, very similar to that. And again, verbatim, I don't recall, but you know, you talk a little bit about that. So, or a lot about that actually in your book, um, at certain times. So there's man, so much I want to talk to you about and and unpack from that, your last statement, but let's talk a little bit, I guess, about feeling your feelings because that is a big part of it. And I know a lot of people, um, especially course students that I've talked to, uh, or even just people, interested in spirituality that can also be a means of aversion or its own addiction um you know it's for some people it's taking me out of feeling my feelings you know i want to meditate and feel blissful and of course you will at times but um if you're doing it as a means to just reach this peak transcendental state where you don't have to have that human experience anymore you're you're suppressing and you're creating shadow material and there's still going to be feelings and not even about the ego. I mean, it's just we are still having this human experience like it or not. So um, I appreciate that you talk about we should feel our feelings, you know, and, and again, that's not that we need to feed into the stories all the time, but it's not about always being happy. I mean, we we work towards that if I, you know, if I understand correctly or if not, please, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's vital that we feel our feelings. I feel if we're on a spiritual path, or or just on a path in general, um, sometimes we're we want we have resistance and we don't want to feel our feelings. And especially if we're spiritual, because we'll say, "Oh, I'm already over that. I want to be positive. I want to have my affirmations. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be happy. I mean, I don't want to pretend I'm happy or." Or, even, or feel that um, I've had people say, oh, no, I'm fine. You know, I've gone to all these workshops and, and I'm fine. Um, so sometimes in spirituality, you, 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 you don't realize it, but you brush things under the rug. Right. And that's not spirituality, actually. I feel that um, living in a spiritual experience or living in an authentic experience and a loving experience, self-love, is that you are authentic, I always say authenticity is sexy, you know, it just, it's, it's like when you're just very authentic and, and open, and I'm not saying you have to be that with everybody or somebody outside, I'm saying with yourself, right? Um, I feel that it's very easy when you're going through stuff to, you know, go and, and have a drink or go out with your friends or put on the TV, watch something. To kind of deviate and then that that is still going to be there, you know. It's like you're just covering it up and feeling good for a second. You're not really feeling, ultimately you're not going to feel good. So the way that I saw that I was able to heal and what I, and actually Eckhart Tolle talks about this too. Mm-hmm. And the power of, and, and his teachings which is being in presence, you know. When you're being in presence and you feel, what happens is you're able to work through it. And a lot of people get scared about that because yeah. they have to sit there with that. And let me tell you, it's not fun. And excuse my language, it sucks ass. Okay? <laughs> no, it's not. That's fine. <laughs> Bring it. It's not, it's not fun. You know, it's like, oh, it's just, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, no, you don't want to feel that. That's yucky. And, 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 and it just hurts. Although, I've, what I've come to, 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 to learn is that I rather, I rather go through that 
that is just going to be for a little bit of time. And I get to really heal and I get to really live Mm -hmm. because the other way I'm dying because I'm pretending I'm going through life like a little puppet transed out, pretending to be happier, pretending, you know, or being sedated by stuff outside of me. So I'm not, I'm not living this ultimate experience of love and happiness in my life because I have barriers, which is what you were talking about yet, what you were talking about a little bit, a little bit ago. So I talk about in a section in my book towards the end about feeling your feelings. And what does that look like? It's basically you, you stop and you feel, even though it's uncomfortable. But the, the thing is that people don't know that they have an inner teacher, you know, in the Course of Miracles, it's called Holy Spirit. I talk about it as Holy Spirit in my book, but you can call it inner friend, your best friend. You can call it um, your inner wisdom. I like that word, inner wisdom. And you have, just like you have that voice of fear inside your mind that tells you you're unworthy or that is, or that's telling you that your happiness is outside of yourself, yeah. you have another voice that the Course says that God gave us as a gift which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is actually the answer to the ego, to the fear. Mm. So this is a gift that's given to us that we can use as a tool to come back to love. So when you're feeling your feelings, you're not alone. You can, you don't have to do it by yourself. So what I do is that I invite the Holy Spirit on my mind. I say, Holy Spirit, oh my God, I feel like shit right now. I feel like, I feel like my husband is, is, is not being nice right now. I feel that he's not understanding, you know, I'm pregnant right now and he's not understanding my needs and I feel sad and I'm not feeling heard and I just feel those feelings right there. Then Holy Spirit is so gentle, so loving, so kind and would say, I know. And it's funny because sometimes he could sound kind of like, he's like a hoodlum, you know, because people think that spirit sounds like, "Ah," you know, (laughs) the voice meets you where you're at. It's actually you talking to yourself. Right. So, it could, it could be kind of, you know, like a real cool little, you know, slang, you know. Yes. So, so Holy Spirit would say, well, Maria, I know that this is hard for you. I know that you don't feel good right now. I know that you feel like you're not being heard. And, and this is something actually that's been going on for a while, you know, that you feel victimized. And the truth is, is that you're not a victim of your circumstances and nothing's being done to you. Mm. And I'm going to show you that. And I'm going to love you while you're doing that. So... The way that you start to hear more the voice of spirit is that it's like a spiritual musculature in your mind. Just like when you go to the gym and you see results in your body. Right. See results in the change of your mind because you're constantly giving it over, giving it over. Aside from not feeling our feelings, we have a syndrome, which is called me, me, me. It's all about me. And I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to control this. And I'm going to manipulate this. Yeah. You know? That's ego-driven. So, of course, you have every reason to be depressed, every reason to be scared if it's all about you. And you're doing it. But if you're doing it with your mighty companion, if you're doing it with your higher self, your true self, then you can feel your feelings together. Then you can heal together. You're not alone. But, of course, if you think that you're sitting there and feeling your feelings by yourself, hell, I'll be scared. I don't want to feel my feelings by myself. Right. Probably not be able to wake up and be like, ah. So, (laughs) it's important to do everything with um, your your inner companion, yeah. your true self, your true self with a capital A. Right. Is. And you know, I love that you were saying um, about and and the course says Holy Spirit, and it's not a 
even though you know they use that term i love that you you know you say you can replace that with whatever wording works for you um you know and the course is pretty open about that as well the whole point is that it is this inner guide inner friend inner wisdom whatever you care to call it and different wisdom traditions call it different things um but i i really appreciate how you said that it speaks to you in your your own voice you know because i had an epiphany many years ago where um i would you know, we can call it praying or just talking to that inner wisdom and, uh, you know, communicating with it. Um, and I realized, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I, I'm going one minute from listening to Wu-Tang to the next minute trying to talk in this very serious, you know, like, you know, devout what I think I should sound like in my conversation with the Holy Spirit or whatever you call it. And I recognized I am who I am. And, you know, it's a total front if I am putting on this, you know, let me talk to this voice in this different way because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. No, I'm supposed to be me and be real in all areas of my life. You know, if anyone can see through the bullshit, it is the Holy Spirit or the inner wisdom, you know? So it's like, how, how ridiculous, you know, because I do, I still, to this day, I will sit there and read a Kenneth Wapnick book while listening to Wu-Tang and I have no conflict of interest there. And that's just me. And that's what I tell people is what works for you works for you. I love a Ram Das quote, um, who's a wonderful spiritual teacher. This show is hosted on his network. And he talks about how the spiritual path is highly individualized. You know, mm-hmm. no two look alike. We're each going to find our spirituality, where we find it, whatever path resonates with us. Some people will be formal, some it won't. Um, and like the Course says, you know, it's, it's one of many ways to find this inner truth. Um, but I digress. I, that was a bit of a diatribe, um, but I just wanted to comment on what you're saying. It's wonderful. Um, but it, so I appreciate the feeling, your feelings and the importance of that, because again, I feel a lot of people negate that part on their spiritual path. And in the course, one of the things, if not the main tenant of the course speaks about forgiveness, which you mentioned earlier. However, the course means that word in a very different way than most of us are traditionally used to. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what the course means in regards to forgiveness, because I think that is such an underlying aspect of feeling our feelings and working through them is also forgiving them. But in the way that the course mentions it, I found that to be very helpful myself. But again, you're the one who wrote the book on this material, so I would love to hear your two cents on that. Well, well, you know what I'm what I'm getting from you right now is that you've been doing you've done your homework. <laughs> well, like I said, I've been studying it for a while. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you have, and and it's wonderful because your your questions are very helpful, especially for for people that haven't heard of the course, and also a refresher for people that that are course students. Sure. Um, and yeah, it does go hand in hand with feeling your feelings forgiveness, the topic of forgiveness. And that's one of the things that really took me a while to understand mm. um, because it's so radical. I mean, it's so different than to what the world t- t- taught us that the, the word is or what forgiveness is. And, and it took me a while, even though I was studying the course and reading it on my own and going to groups, I think it took me a well over 10 years to, I understood it, but I wasn't living it. I didn't know how because it was so different. Um, the When I started to really understand forgiveness was through Gary Renard, actually, and yeah. the disappearance of the universe, because yeah. he broke it down in a very easy way. Right. 
And um, so for, I'll start with this. So forgiveness in the Course says, um, Course says forgiveness is remembering the love you gave and the love that you received in the future is, is, is only what is real. All else is an illusion. So that's one thing. Yeah. So it's saying that forgiveness basically is recognizing that anything that you think happened in the past is basically not real. You know, it's right. basically saying, you know, it's it's done. And at that moment, you did the best you could with the awareness you had. That's I love that. That's like you did the best you could with the awareness you have because the ego would be like, I should have, I could have, I wish I would have done it better. Right. So forgiveness is recognizing, taking responsibility of like, and I'm talking about the past now, right? Because you can use forgiveness in the moment. I'm talking about the, forgiving the past, yeah. which is. I had a I had a client, a friend of mine actually, and a client that she she said that she felt that she came out too early to her family. She was gay and she was married, and she says I feel that I came out too early. Mm. And then and then I said, well, she's like, so what does that forg- what does forgiveness look like? And I said, well, forgiveness in this case looks like you did the best you could with the awareness you had at the moment, right. and that is so beautiful because if she knew any better, she wouldn't have done that. She doesn't want to hurt anybody, but it's. It's all she knew. So at that moment, you forgive yourself and you take responsibility. You know, you're like, okay, this is the best I had in consciousness at the moment. Uh, From a one to a ten, I might have been in a seven, but I take responsibility for that. Yeah. And then that's that's the that's the forgiveness. Now, the forgiveness of let's say another person is you take responsibility for your perception of how you're seeing it. So I'm responsible for how I'm perceiving this person. So if this person is attacking me, I I have the oppor- I can choose how I want to perceive it. That's the forgiveness. Okay. So that person, the Course in Miracles says it's either love or a call for love. Yes. So the person's not really doing anything to you. The only way that that person is doing anything to you is if you per- perceive it that way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So that person is neutral. Right. Basically. So because that person also has an ego <laughs> and it's doing the best and it's doing the best that they can. So your ego would judge them. That's the second, you know, the first step is responsibility, but then the second step is that you don't want to say oh they haven't done anything because you want to judge them because you want to put it on them as of that is just a call for love. Right. And you've been there and you've done that. You know what I'm saying? You've judged your brother. You've probably done stuff like that person has. And you're judging them now because they're not, you know, acting right. So basically, you realize that everything's love or call for love. So then you, you're responsible. And then the third step is, in the course, is that you give it over to Holy Spirit so that you can perceive it differently. So that you can perceive your brother and sister in truth. And the course says that the third step is something that is automatic. It's something that you don't do. You just actually you trust and you let go. Yeah. And that's what I love. So first step is responsibility. Second step is recognizing that nothing's being done to you. Everything's love or call for love. And third step is giving it over so that Holy Spirit can show you what is true. And one little, one little trick that I do that is a very easy one for me is when you feel a little bit, that's why you want to feel your feelings. If you feel a little bit uncomfortable, or you're feeling a little bit uneasy or stressed out or scared about something, Hmm. this is what I say. I say, what am I? Love. Where am I in the mind 
of love. Then I say, what else am I making real? Oh, I'm making X, Y, and Z real. Let me give it over to spirit now that I'm making this up, X, Y, and Z. And I want to come back home to the mind of love. Mm-hmm. That's forgiveness there. Do you understand? Oh, it's yeah. basically forgiveness is, is, is coming back to your truth. Forgiveness is recognizing that nothing out there matters. And that you made it all up. Right. You know? And it's so different than what the world teaches, you know? It is. And I can imagine as you're saying that certain listeners being like, no, that's not true. Things out there, of course, matter. And so that leads me to like the teachings of Buddhism where they talk about the ultimate reality, which is the unseen, unmanifest, and then the relative, which is this form experience or, you know, Hinduism has its own take or the course, you know, says this is a dream. You know, we've fallen away from our... uh, our oneness with God or um, Christ. And um, so there's all these different, you know, each tradition has its own way of kind of saying that uh, same thing. But again, that's not to negate, you know, that again, here we are, we are having these human experiences and it's okay, you know, to feel love and to feel happy and to feel sad and heartbreak and joys. And it's all part of it. But yes, with the understanding, and again, of course, is not um, terminally unique in saying this, that it is not ultimate reality. You know, it is this experience that we're having in the moment. And what we put into it um, is what, you know, or our perception and our projection onto it is how we're going to experience it. So taking responsibility for ourselves in the in the world or as christ has said or again other traditions in other ways being in the world but not of it and mm. the course goes you know a step further and talks about it just being a complete illusion and a dream and <laughs> i mean that's a bit of an advanced you know a whole nother yeah. conversation um but that's again what i appreciate about your book is it's a great very accessible user-friendly way of <laughs> learning about the course and learning to find what true happiness is um, in a way that you're not just picking up this huge, what is it, like over 1,200 page, you know, blue novel and the um, the prose in it are, you know, it's a very, it's a very heady dry read. And I don't say that in a negative way because I actually love that um, kind of stuff myself, which is why I was attracted to it. But even for someone like me, it was still a bit much. Um, so that's why I love teachers like you and Gary and Kenneth and all the other ones out there making this accessible. So thank you for covering forgiveness in a way that I, I do feel is relatable for for the audience. Um, and again, again, there's just so much in this book that we can talk about. One thing that I found interesting was that it actually was inspired by a Facebook post Um and that's something Kim was telling me about, you know, it, so can you tell, tell me a little bit about that? So here we are, you know, talking about the world is an illusion and yet Facebook is, you know, inspiring a book about a course that talks about it being an illusion and on and on this cycle goes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thank you. You have this great questions. And I just wanted to, before I get into that, I just want to um, say real quick in regards yeah. to this world, the mattering, cause I don't want people to get confused about like saying, oh, this world doesn't matter. Right. Um, what I feel is like, even though you're studying the course or even if you're studying anything, I mean, it does appear that we're in a world and, you know, be normal, you know, of it's course. like if, if, if somebody's going through something and I tell them this and this world is not, this world is not real. This is an illusion. Um, that person's either going to smack me and it's not being nice, <laughs> you know, 
I, I would not do that. Um, but I, I love what you said because it's so true. And this is a space that my, my book is coming from too is you're in this world, but you know you're not of it. And that's different. Right. And that's what I mean when I when I say that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really matter is that when you are having an issue with the IRS or having a, a health issue, maybe the doctor has told you something, whatever it is, you what I'm not what what we could do is like not put so much weight on that, not right. not allow that to take away our power. It's like it's like it doesn't really truly matter. The ego would make it matter like, oh my God, the doctor just told you that you have this terminal illness. Now, of course, it's it's very real. It seems very real because this person's saying that to you and I understand that. Although if you, if you really dig deep and you start to really, really look at it from a different perspective, your experience of it will be different. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to be sad. Right. I'm not saying it's not going to be hard because, yes, we are in this world of duality and we feel feelings and we feel sadness. I get that. But the Course says, happiness is our inheritance, and happiness is our function. And that's that's very literal. I right. mean, seriously. So if that is true, then how about the opposite of what we've learned? So fear is normal, depression is normal, um, having health issues is normal. All this is like normal in this society. But what I'm saying with my work is, how about happiness is normal? How about peace is normal? How about right. perfect health is normal? How about let's try to change the shift here. From undoing this fear, living, living that happiness is normal versus fear is normal. Yeah. Um, so going into my book is 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 really funny because um, I struggled talking about Jerry Jompolsky. Him and I are very similar, and Gary as well. We we don't we don't consider ourselves authors. We don't really cons- we don't we don't consider us ourselves writers. Um, Same here. Interesting. And, yeah. And, um, <laughs> And 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 Jerry Jampolsky's um, book, um, Love Has is I can't remember now the title of it, but um, Love Has Forgotten. No one maybe it was, but I think that might be Gary's. But that was Gary's, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's one that he wrote. I can't remember the name of it right now. Oh, he's 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 on the front of he's on the front of my book. It says author author of letting, Love Is Letting Go of Fear. So um, <clears throat> Jerry um, also struggled like myself with dyslexia. And this is why that book is so small, because um, just like mine, mine yeah. is short. As you can see, it's on the shorter side. Yeah. Um, because I suffer from dyslexia, and I really don't like to read or write. Um, and I never really wanted to write a book. I um, was giving motivational talks all over the U.S. and Europe, everywhere. And I kept on getting asked about the book. And what I did is I, I produced a CD back in the days when the CD was was very popular. Right. I just produced a inspirational CDs of all my talks so I can get out of it, you know? <laughs> That's what I was doing. Then um, one day I, I really enjoy making dinner and having a glass of wine. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. So I'll make like a pasta with like a Pinot Noir. It's like, and it's delicious. So this day um, I had a little bit too much Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was on Facebook and I was feeling such a high. I was feeling like, because I have this big grievance with men in this lifetime of where I've looked for love outside of myself and relationships. And for the first time I had been single for so many years without needing to be in a relationship or needing to have somebody complete me that I wrote this really long post about that I finally um, have found self-love and don't necessarily need to be in a relationship to be happy, which was a big deal for me. Yeah. And at the end, wait till you hear this. Okay. I don't want you to fall off your chair. This is funny. <laughs> and I put excerpt from my book. 
after I wrote that. And that's very ballsy because, first of all, I don't want to write a book. Yeah, right, right. It sounded, it sounded like it could be in a book. I was like, oh, my God, this sounds like it could be in a book. And I remember the next day I went to bed and the next day um, D. Patrick Miller that actually published The Disappearance of the Universe wrote me a mail on Facebook message. And he said, hi, Maria, I'm D. Patrick Miller. I've been following your work and I get very interested when course teachers have a book. So I want to know more about your book. And I was like, what is he talking about? And then I went to my feed because I forgot. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. So I was like, guys, don't post while drinking. But in this case, it was good. <laughs> it worked out for you, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is something else. But it's f- so funny how, you know, things that are meant to be are going to happen one way or another. You know, people, I, yeah. you know, I have my third book coming out next month and I also don't consider myself a writer just because I never went to school for writing, never took classes for writing. I'm just more of an experience sharer, but I'm often asked like, how do I write a book? How do I become an author? And having not formally trained, I don't have a good answer for that um, or a, or an answer of how you get from point A to point B. But the one thing I do tell people that I firmly believe is that if it is meant to happen, there's absolutely nothing that's going to stand in the way of it happening. Doesn't mean it's just going to like fall into your lap, even though in my case it kind of did. But uh-huh. I still had to do the legwork and write the book and, you know, get the literary agent and yada, yada, though, you know, write a book and self-publish it, do whatever works for you. But um, it is interesting how things in life just happen, you know, and in your case, a little too much Pinot, uh, <laughs> and uh, then you got a book. <laughs> it's, that's amazing. Yeah, it came from, yeah, it came from there. But I love that you say that because, you know, I feel that everybody has their individualized curriculum and yeah. we have our assignments in this world. And, and if for any reason you are a writer and you want to become an author and you're very into that, and for some reason, it's not happening. It's not that it's bad or good. It's not that you're not a good writer. Right. Defined by that. And you need to have a forgiveness lesson with that. And, and perhaps you having a healing, and this is kind of radical to what we hear in the world, but perhaps you having a healing and remembering your truth and, and not making it matter or not making the book matter or not having it define you is going to bring you closer to awakening and having enlightenment versus having your book published. Right. Does that make sense? So I think that sometimes people, they get caught up in this needs to happen, but your individual soul, you've created assignments for yourself to, to awaken. And, and that probably that um, people denying you or, or not giving you the opportunity is part of your lesson. Yeah. So, th- so these are all things like I feel that people don't, people don't see or recognize, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Um, So another thing I love about your book is that you don't just write about the course and finding happiness. You share a lot of practices, which is something I do as well in my books. And, you know, because it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to give readers the tools to get to where they need to be. So I was hoping you could share... Just one, um, one practice. It could literally be anything, but something that um, you think might be beneficial to listeners right now. What's something that they can do starting today, for example, to really begin to live their happy? Oh, you know, I can't hear you, uh, Maria. I don't know if your audio cut out. Oh, sorry. Thank there. you for letting me know. No, I was I muted every once in a while because I'm coughing. So oh, I oh. Muted. Gotcha. Um, 
what I was what I was saying is that um, I, that's great that you put also practices in your book. I feel that um, practice is essential and it's important. Um, again, because the the ego mind, the fearful part of your mind, is cuckoo for cocoa puffs, you know, <laughs> and not the cereal, and it talks a lot of caca, which is shit, by the way. So you need to have some sort of practice, spiritual practice, every day, yeah. um, to be able to keep yourself in check. So. The practices that I put, and I'll share one, a very easy one that's very helpful. Um, I made them in a way that you can implement them quickly and that you are excited about them. Yeah. Um, I also give examples of those practices like in everyday life, like how I do them or how my student does it, etc., so that it's easy. Um, I feel that sometimes some books for me didn't resonate with me, the practices, because because I felt like they were very tedious or yeah. or... Or, or, I, or I felt like I understand how to do them. Um, this one in particular that I like is in the morning when you wake up, your ego is on fire. Your ego is ready to take you on, on a train and it's like not the happy train and you're like, you're off. Right. Why? Because in the morning you're more susceptible to your to-dos, you know, how is this call going to go? I have to get up. I have to rush to work. Right there, there's all this chatter. So I always suggest to be very mindful of that because if you start your mind off with some very neutrality and, and going within, it's highly unlikely that at 3 or 4 o'clock you are going to get off get off, get off, off kilter, get off onto an eagle, an eagle rent. Sure. So in the morning, you know, this is a two-minute exercise that I do, is that I get up, I put my feet on the floor, I really feel the floor instead of like just running up, and it just takes me a second. I, w I walk and I brush my teeth, and as I'm doing all that, I'm very present. And instead of like thinking about what I'm going to do later, you know, I'm more in the moment. Oh, look how nice. I brush my teeth. Oh, my God. Look at this. I'm such a good teeth brusher, mm. you know, <laughs> I'm being very present. Right. I go to the refrigerator, you know, I open the refrigerator door. I'm like, oh, look, I'm such a good opener of the refrigerator. <laughs> and you're just very, very present. And then I'll be like, Holy Spirit, come into my mind. My inner wisdom, come into my mind, guide my day, what to say, what to do, how to be. Let me get out of my own way because... Listen, when I try to be in charge of my day, it's it's not good. Yeah. So listen, God, you're in charge, angels, whatever it is out there, aliens, whatever, whatever <laughs> you like. Listen, you're in charge because listen, when I'm in charge, everything's a hot mess, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I do in the morning. Like it's very helpful to just start your day, especially if you can. Wake up early. Maybe, you know, I try to get up a little earlier so that I can have my quiet time and give over what I think I need to do over. And not have any expectations of my day or have any expectations of following through with those to-dos. Mm. Um, that's very, very helpful because it's going to keep you emotionally stable through the day. Um, and then throughout the day is really checking in and giving it over and giving it over constantly. And what are you thinking? You know, my practices are very like, what are you, what are you thinking? Another practice real quick that I'll share is yeah. journal, journaling, mm. you know. Um, how do you pump up the volume on the Holy Spirit? Remember that song, Pump Up the Volume? Of course. Pump Up the Volume. Pump up the volume. <laughs> yeah, yes. I always say, you need to pump up the volume of the Holy Spirit voice because the Course in Miracles says the ego speaks first and speaks the loudest. Yeah. So the only way to pump up the volume on the ego voice is practicing. Yeah. So you, so you, uh, for me, I've journaled for three years, by the way, I journaled three years, of where I would sit down and I would just journal about my insecurities, about my sadness, whatever I'm going through. And then I would ask Holy Spirit for its perception, mm. how it sees it. What? Tell me what is true about this. <clears throat> and then at first,
first I would channel and I wouldn't get anything. I'll be like, I don't understand. I don't get anything. I'm frustrated. I don't hear you. But then after a while, I would start to get little messages. Hello. And, and, and everything's all right. And I love you. And everything is perfect. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I have a voice within me. And I have to tell you, everyone has this voice. Mm. Everybody. Every single person. Now, have they forgotten it? Yes. But all of us in this world of duality have this voice. It's a gift to us. Yeah. And I know because I've done accessing inner wisdom counseling at my house and I've had LAPD officers come in with their guns and they've heard the voice. Um, I've had, wow. I've had, I've had people like agnostic atheist people have come to me for help, like giving up smoking or something. And they sit down on the couch and they have the voice. I've literally put them in a meditative state and they're like, what was that? And I go, you're in your wisdom. <laughs> you're wow. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. We all have it. It's just that we don't practice and we don't listen. You know, yeah. we're too involved with form. Yeah. We're well, thank you for both of those. And that's, that's the key. I think it, that I often teach as well is that keep it simple, you know, like, of course, there are very advanced practices, very um, involved practices, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with those. But um, I love just keeping it simple. Because at the end of the day, um, Taoism, I'm very attracted to that, because it's just all about going with the flow, you know, laying that ego nature aside to the best of your ability, or in the course's case, turning it over to the Holy Spirit as many times as you need to throughout the day, or as many times as you remember to, and then you know, just going with the flow, being an extension of life, lifing itself in this manifest physical form. Um, but, and so that's something that I do similarly to what you said is the one prayer I, I try to say every morning, there are mornings where I forget or I'm busy and rushed, but is simply just, you know, asking Holy Spirit or whatever, help me to lay myself aside, you know, so that I, I may be like the faucet through which your water flows, you know, mm, may I, I be of that. service. Yeah. You know, just something like, let me be of service wherever, however I can, but may your work be done through me. Um, and I find that when I do that, you know, that that's where the authenticity comes in. It's not about selling books or Facebook likes or whatever, you know, that that stuff is. And um, and sure, I am human and I will get caught up in that from time to time. It is what it is. But practice, like you said, the more you practice, the less that stuff matters. And it really is just being of service, showing mm -hmm. up and helping and um and I, and I feel very uh, simpatico with you on that. And, <laughs> and that's why I was really attracted to this book and, and having you on the show. And, you know, before we go, we're, we're running short on time. But I, I wanted to ask, I guess, what is it that you hope most readers will take away from this book? Um, you know, what really, what, what would you like to see their lives or, or, or what changes in their lives or, you know, whatever, whatever comes to mind for you? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is what I say at the beginning of my book, and um, I say it towards the, towards like the first couple pages. Mm. And one of the things that I say on the book is, "This book is not going to make you happy." Mm. <laughs> I love that. And, um, and it's a, and that and that is beautiful. Why? Because it, I'm not empowering anybody by making them believe that something outside of them is going to make them happy. Mm. Um, because my job is to remind remind you that you have everything and you lack nothing. Yeah. In truth. In truth, even if it appears that any everything in form, well, how Maria, how could you say I have everything and I lack nothing if I can't pay my rent or I can't put food on the table? I understand that. Although the reason for that is is because you have the power, regardless of what's going on in form, to perceive it the way that you want. 
And I know I've heard of people that can't put dinner on the table and then they'll have a neighbor say, hey, I went to Costco and I have extra food and and come over. There's all these things that happen when you start to change your perception of where you start to witness outside love that will carry you up. Um, So if there's anything that this book will will teach you is that um, to look within more. And I know this this is said a lot, but. It, it, it's 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 really really um, being having big willingness to say, um, you know what I'm done. I am done with the suffering. I'm done with being a victim. I'm done with my little self, with my egoic self. And and I want to undo this. I want to undo this fear that has been um, rav- being so ravenous all, all my life. And I want to experience the happiness that's my inheritance. And and with the book, I want people to know that it takes something. Yeah. You know, it takes something. And like you said, it takes practice. And 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 that's what I want Live Your Happy to really give people is like, hey, you know what? You can experience happiness Monday through Sunday on a very consistent basis, although it's up to you if you want to get out of your way right. and experience that fully. And, and again, it, it does take something. Right. Do you want to be right or do you want peace? It's what it kind of boils down to. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Yeah. That's what the course says. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, Maria, thank you so much for being on the show. This was a really fun conversation. I love that you, again, you were my first guest in relation to the course and that we were able to talk about it in such an easy and accessible way. Your website again is mariafelipe.org, which if you are listening to this on the Be Here Now website, just scroll down. You'll see the link so you can just click on it. The name of the book is Live Your Happy, Get Out of Your Own Way and Find the Love Within, again, uh, published by New World Library. Maria, it's been a real pleasure, and I just want to thank you for uh, bringing more uh, coursework out into the world in, again, a way that is accessible for any someone from any walk of life. So thank you for that. Yeah, and thank you because I feel that this is what truly matters, you know, yeah. this of collaborating, coming together to create the good, the holy, and the beautiful, and and um, just share from our hearts. That's that's what we're we're here to do, and um, I, I appreciate your questions. I feel that they're going to be very helpful, and the platform, and uh, I trust and know that this will be helpful to um, whoever is whatever souls attracted to hear this, mm. um, and we just really really just say that that this person will have a healing through this through this talk that we had. Absolutely love that. A wonderful yeah. sentiment to end on. So again, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you.